everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Coco and Dalts. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming offerings on Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, and HBO Max. I'm not Dalts. And I'm not Coco. Dalts, what are we talking about today? Oh, you know, Coco, this is a great day because we're talking about the little things. I thought you were going to say it's a great day because it's Super Bowl Sunday. No. Because we're talking about the little things, and there's all sorts of jokes I could make about the title of this movie, but I won't because this is a family podcast. Is it? And therefore, we will not joke about any parts of the body. Sounds good. This is a sort of crimey, uh, (laughs) neo-noir sort of uh, (laughs) flick starring Denzel Washington, uh, Remy Malek. And also Jared Leto. Three Oscar winners right there. That's a pretty heavy hitting lineup. I I was going to say, as we were watching this movie, I'm thinking, this is a really good lineup. But, so the idea (laughs) is uh, Denzel Washington, disgraced former detective or something in LA, is in the boonies, comes back to LA uh, for some like menial task that doesn't really pan out, but he gets involved in a murder, uh, solving, murdering, trying to help us solve a murder. I guess, a crime scene uh, with Rami Malek, who's the young up-and-coming detective that everybody thinks is going to be something special. And so Denzel Washington's trying to help him solve this crime, essentially. And they suspect Jared Leto, who is driving a pretty nice car, actually. Um, But he's got really terrible hair, and Mm -hmm. he's acting like he's crazy. And so guilty. it's a Jared Leto character. Right. So <laughs> it's like it's every Jared other Leto. Jared Leto character ever. Right. And he's and he's really, you know, acting guilty. So that's my summary. See, this is listener, this is why I don't do the summaries because Coco does them a lot better than I do. But you said you'd take the summary. I oh, asked yeah. you what you wanted to do and you said the summary. Oh, so I am. I'm this falling is on the sword. Self-inflicted pain. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get more repetitions in so I get better at it. Oh, that's probably a good idea. So uh, what did I miss in the summary? Was it, is that about it? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, I think. Well, what did you think? <laughs> so it was fine. It could have been better. I didn't dislike it as much as many critics seem to dislike it. Mm-hmm. It uh, it was two hours and seven minutes long, and it felt like it was about twice that. Mm-hmm. It was it was very long. Um, it was very slow. Not really a whole lot went on. Mm-hmm. I thought Denzel was great because Denzel is great at everything. Rami Malek. I liked him. I didn't love him. I thought he and Denzel had really good chemistry. Like their scenes together, I thought were really good, especially when it was just the two of them, like in a bar, Mm -hmm. just joshing, like not necessarily doing cop stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Jared Leto kind of annoyed me. I thought (laughs) I didn't really see anything from him that we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And I just thought he was kind of OTT, like... Whatever. But those are sort of... As in over the top? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, I did... So I did think actually it was very similar. Uh, Listener, we watch a lot of European crime dramas, a lot of Nordic noir, Scandi noir. I thought in tone, it was similar to a lot of that. Like the filmmakers did try to put sort of a happy ending on it, (laughs) maybe, but I thought it was 
it this isn't like a happy ending we get our man sort of thing like it's very sort of shades of gray e and so i don't know if that's maybe a reason why it's not necessarily hitting with critics so much although critics aren't necessarily known for wanting everything to be tied up in a neat bow mm-hmm. so those are sort of my preliminary thoughts dalt what about yours i should also mention that this takes place in 1990 and yeah. it is a serial killer they are trying to catch yeah and there are crimes that are connected to what denzel washington had been investigating previously yeah and it definitely it felt like this was more 1990 than Wonder Woman 1984 was mm-hmm. in 84. Like, even though mm-hmm. there weren't wall-to-wall 90 pop hits mm-hmm. going on, it's still, like, the cars and there were no cell phones. Like, at one point, Rami Malek pulled out a pager and I was like, what? <laughs> like, there were pay phones everywhere. And right. it, it felt like 1990 was more baked into this mm-hmm. than 84 was to Wonder uh, Woman 84. But I still was struggling to really understand why 1990, why did it take place in 1990? So the one thing I did read said that apparently this script was first written in like 93 and they just never bothered to update it when they finally made it basically so so you just got lazy i I think that the uh the time had nothing to do with it i think that maybe in the climactic scene of rami malik and jared leto uh a cell phone there probably would have saved a lot of uh angst and trouble Mm -hmm. and uh also probably spoiled the ending so maybe that's one of the reasons that they didn't want to have smartphones in the uh in the mix um but it was uh i thought it was messy and terrible and i didn't really i didn't really like it at all i just i uh i wanted to fall asleep during that one whereas (laughs) the one that we watched last night i actually did fall asleep but um it just uh, it seemed like it was there was so much potential there because of the three main actors like so you come to a table read or you're in the elevator uh cell as they say uh and you got denzel washington jared leto and uh rami malik in a movie it's like okay Whatever the movie is, let's make this. Right. Like I don't care what this is with three great actors. I that's the only uh, that's only the second time I've seen Rami Malek in a movie. The first one, of course, was the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody as Freddie Mercury. Uh, so I had a tough time believing that he was this detective guy. Mm-hmm. I just kind of every time I looked at him, I expected him to break out into you know. <laughs> Well, another one bites the dust or something like that. I just, <laughs> I just had a tough time thinking that he was a cop. I don't know. I just and that and that sidetracked me quite a bit. Denzel Washington. I this felt like slumming to Denzel Washington to me. Uh, I think he's just so much better than the material that he was given. He seemed like he was mailing it in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Jared I thought, Leto. I thought he did a really good job of being like world weary. Like, yeah, yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Um, and and Jared Leto was. I think Jared Leto. I mean, I've seen him in uh, Dallas Buyers Club. He was good. I saw him in uh, Blade Runner 2049. Uh He was good. Um, But yeah, he's just kind of like, he's off the wall in everything (laughs) he does. And and eventually it just becomes a shtick, right? It becomes like, oh, I guess that's you. That's yeah. it's sort of like Al Pacino yelling and che- uh-huh. chewing up the scenery. It's like the first five movies he did it in, it was good, but then eventually it's like, okay, we get it. Al Pacino <laughs> yells, and he's good at being angry and, and tearing, <laughs> you know, tearing people down and all that sort of stuff. So he'll so, always be Jordan Catalano to me, Jared Leto. Yeah, so I don't even know who that is. That was uh, his character in My So Called Life, which ran oh. on ABC for one year in the mid nineties. <laughs> no and way, is actually, really good, and that's how he pretty much got his start and now look at him later 
25 years later. I really like his band. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars oh. is actually a really good band. I don't think I've ever heard anything of theirs. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, we've seen a lot of these kinds of movies and there are, there are a lot of these kinds of movies where the, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the two partners reluctantly get put together and try, try to solve the crime. And this just was not one of the better ones. It's, it's really hard to do these kind of movies well because there's so many versions of them out there right and they're not really any surprises i mean the ending was a bit of a surprise to me yeah the i don't ending... want to really give it away and say what it is it was mm-hmm. a surprise but at the same time it felt like a very anticlimactic ending it felt like oh we're running out of time on the on the budget let's wrap <laughs> this up and they never really revealed if jared leto was who they were looking for. So that right. makes the ending even more mm-hmm. ambiguous. Ambiguous because we don't know if the right person was paid for his crimes. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I think they were leaning in that direction, but there was never a smoking gun. Mm-hmm. So, this movie felt like it tried to be a lot of things. It tried to be seven, it tried to be uh, any detective, like, like, you know, lethal weapon you know what i mean like these two characters getting together who would never be otherwise put together in a in a cop scene and it just felt like it was not any it was not any one piece it was just a right. you know it was major bits and pieces from other movies it just didn't uh, didn't all pull together for me i just was and then two hours like you said off the top coco it just it felt three hours it felt really draggy yeah and it didn't feel good in a ponderous like sometimes the movies can be good when you know you're looking into the distance and the character is tortured by some inner conflict and you're looking at them and i didn't have any of this in this movie i was just like yeah i i yeah look at that that's a really cool car from 1990 you know like i was (laughs) my mind was completely wandering as we were watching this movie yeah i there we had to stop the movie a couple of times so like I could let the dog out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at one point I was like, Hey, how much time is left in the movie? Can the dog make it to the end of the movie? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking there's gonna be, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes left and he can make it that long and instead there's like forty five minutes left and I was like, Yeah, first of all, I can't believe the dog's the, the dog's not gonna make it forty five minutes and second of all, holy crap, there's yeah. forty five <laughs> minutes left in this movie. Like, haven't we already been watching it for two hours? Yeah, so Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. It with this, at least with Denzel and Rami Malek, it should have been better. Like, Jared Leto, I don't care about. Whatever. He's going to do his thing in every movie. But, right. yeah, it, yeah, did it Did it want to be character study? Did it want to be cop procedural? Like, right, right. what, it, it was trying to walk the line and didn't necessarily succeed at anything. But at the same time... I was interested, like, how are they going to nail Jared Leto? Are mm-hmm. they going to, you know, what, because Pe- Denzel keeps repeating, and you know, a few times, like, it's the little things, you can't overlook the little things, mm-hmm. that's what's going to nail the killer, that's what's going to, you know, point to their guilt or innocence or whatever, and I was like, all right, what's he going to find? Right. And, you know, I right. kept waiting for that and waiting for that, and it never really, really came. And, so. the, and the, end, the title in the end be- refers to something completely different from the crime right i think we can say that much yeah yeah so apparently and so the movie was uh directed by john lee hancock um also written by john lee hancock and from what i gather in doing major research on this (laughs) morgan freeman says they don't do major research on this (laughs) morgan freeman's making an appearance in the podcast i love it when i love it when morgan freeman pops in every now and then (laughs) 
and they had no idea what was going to happen next. <laughs> um, and apparently this movie has been around in development since 1993, as you mentioned, Coco. Mm-hmm. And it was originally pitched to Steven Spielberg to direct, but he passed on it because it was too dark. Interesting. Yes. And maybe in 1993, was he still, he was still, still doing... He, he was, wasn't doing... He was doing like Hook and yeah, and stuff like that. But he was so. going towards like Amistad and stuff like that, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, and also associated with, with, with the project were uh, Clint Eastwood and Warren Beatty. I think Clint Eastwood could have done a d- good job with yeah. something like this. Definitely. Well, like, I mean, Clint Eastwood would have been the Denzel character. And then, right. you know, maybe like Billy Baldwin would have been the Rami Malek character <laughs> if you're looking at the early to mid 90s, you know? Billy Baldwin. So who would have been the Jared Leto <laughs> character? Oh, like who was crazy in the nineties? I don't know Christopher Walken or Christopher although, Walken. I don't know who's who's a, or Steve Buscemi. Maybe Steve Buscemi would have been. This is this is a great movie. I, I would go see this movie. Clint Eastwood and Billy Baldwin like <laughs> hanging out at dive bars and talk about an odd couple. Right, like that would actually work. That sounds like it would work. And then Steve Buscemi is. Uh, <laughs> I still like I like the idea of Christopher Walken being in there somewhere though. Yeah, totally. That, hmm. That's a man. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just just not loving it. So, what's your uh, grade? Your letter grade, Coco? I'd give it like a C minus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a five, probably out of ten, maybe four or five. There was a couple of scenes where the dialogue was really good, mm-hmm. um, like Jared Leto's dialogue. I thought was pretty good for a. Uh, suspected criminal guy but everything else was kind of it's it just kind of cliche to me people did mumble a lot like there oh so that wasn't just me no that there was definitely a lot of mumbling going yeah. on there was a couple times when i looked over adults and i was like what what did denzel just say and you're asking somebody when you're asking me what this yeah. is like i like you, i can barely hear half of the language in, the, <laughs> in any movie i will also say it was very nice to see i hope i'm not butchering her last name sofia vasilieva mm-hmm. back on screens i uh, was a big fan of medium which was a tv show that ran on cbs for like eight years back in the early to mid uh like in the in the mid aughts maybe to like you know 2011 2012 something like that and uh she played one of the daughters on Medium, I always enjoyed that show, so it's nice to see Sofia Vasilieva again. I was we like, sh- she looks exactly the same as she did like <laughs> 10 years ago when that show went off the air. We should mention that this was on HBO Max. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Yeah, I did. And it was originally supposed to be, and that's actually in theaters right now, and, and it's the number one box office movie as we speak. For like two weekends in a row. Right. Making $2 million. $2 million. This is pandemic box office right, right. here, people. So this is actually a very timely uh, review that we're doing on this on this uh, movie. And in our previous episode, we reviewed Denzel's son's latest movie, which mm-hmm. was out on Netflix, John David Washington starring in Malcolm and Marie. So go back one episode and check that out, people, because we're, we've got a Denzel theme weekend going on here. Maybe we should watch uh, St. Elsewhere or something like that oh, yeah. after this podcast. Even though I uh, grew up in the 80s, I've never seen St. Elsewhere. What? I know. Oh, we got to change that. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Well, well, we actually found the Dana Carvey show online last night, so we could probably find St. Elsewhere somewhere. That's true. It's probably on Netflix or Amazon. And I know the ending of St. Elsewhere. Isn't it like an autistic kid, like his like coloring book or something? Yeah, I I don't think I stuck around that long. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I watched the first couple of uh, seasons. So you give it like a four or five out of 10 stars. I give it a C minus. 
I think it's a pass. I think if we're looking watch or not watch, I think it's a pass. That's what I'm recommending to listener. I think if it's Super Bowl Sunday and you're looking for alternative programming that is not the Puppy Bowl or the Kitten Bowl or whatever's on the Hallmark Movie Channel, like whatever cheesy Christmas movies they've brought out of the vault to play, <laughs> and you don't want to watch the big game, sure, watch it. Or, but, or watch Malcolm and Marie instead. Or that. Yeah. Or... Any of the myriad other things that are streaming right now. Or, you know, here's an idea. Have a conversation with your family. Engage with them. But what about all the people who live alone and it's a pandemic and... FaceTime your family. And they're sick of Zoom happy hours. <laughs> Can you be sick of Zoom happy hours? I'm, I'm not sick of booze, but I mean, if I had to be on Zoom every week and pretend like everything's great i'd probably drink even more that's true i think it's probably time that we should wrap this yeah i think this is turned into a downer although when you're talking about serial killers maybe it should be a downer episode i'm just (laughs) if we had a director the director's no longer uh, join us now because of the pandemic uh if we had a director the director would be doing the wrap it up yeah uh, the throat slashy right or the or the spinny finger thing yeah. yeah so uh thanks for joining us listener we know you have a choice in the podcast world and we appreciate you downloading and listening to us share like talk about us you know mention us on zoom calls to your friends and family Hopefully not because you have to be drunk to listen to us. <laughs> well, probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I'm not Dalt. And I'm not Coco. 